Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We are talking today about a movie review of a particular movie called Left Behind, the movie. I am Brittany Martinez, and joining me is Britton and Christian. Hello. Hey, it all. All right. We thought it would be fun to uh, go through some different Christian movies and uh, essentially just go through some some reviews that we have of them. So we have a few a few topics or a few points that we'll be talking through that we were taking notes as we were watching it. I'm really excited to hear, especially Britton's thoughts, because I don't think he's ever seen it before. Nope. And so pretty excited to get into this. But before we jump into our thoughts. I figured I'd go through what Wikipedia has to say about it for a summary, a basic synopsis, um, and a fun fact that I found out in my research. So uh, from Wikipedia, Left Behind the Movie is a 2000, 2000, that's weird, year 2000, Canadian-American religious science fiction thriller film directed by Vic Saren. It was released in October of 2000 to video and February of 2001 to theaters. The film was based on the best-selling Christian eschatological end times novel of the same name written by Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins. At the time of its release, the film was promoted by its creators as the biggest and most ambitious Christian film ever made. The film received generally negative reviews, holding a 16% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Despite this, though, the film managed to spawn two additional sequels based on the second novel in the series, and there's also a remake in 2014 with Nicolas Cage. So the movie we are talking about is older. It looks like it was made in the 90s because everyone knows the early 2000s is basically the 90s, and it has Kirk Cameron, the one and the only. So a basic synopsis from IMDb. The biblical prophecy of Armageddon begins when the rapture instantly takes all believers in Christ from the earth. A reporter, <laughs> I'm a typo, a reporter who is left behind learns that the Antichrist will soon take power. All right, so what were some of your reactions, Britton? You're the main one. Yeah. So I have never seen this movie before. Never read the books or anything like that. I don't know. And as you'll see, this is really nice for me because I know nothing about this theology or any of that. So all I know is don't really agree with it. So <laughs> um, I was sitting there and as, as it was starting, I was like, is this a sci-fi movie? Like in the first couple scenes and Brittany and Christian were like, no, 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 no. I'm like, this definitely feels like... Oh, I wasn't denying it. Oh. I just didn't want you to ask so many questions during the movie that we didn't have anything to talk about in this episode. Yeah. It reminds me of other post-apocalypse movie, movies like 2012 or The right. Day After Tomorrow. So, yeah. What were some of your emotions that you had watching it? Um, I definitely cringed quite a bit <laughs> at some of the things that were going on. And definitely the uh, uh, stereotypical nature of some of the people. Like anybody who had a tattoo or, or a piercing that they shouldn't have, I immediately was like, that guy's a bad guy. Or they're a person who isn't a Christian. Uh, and it was just like ridiculous. Some of the stuff, like the one woman who had some sort of weird tattoo on her forehead. Obviously, <laughs> she's not going to get raptured. Yeah. I was like, what the heck? And in the first scene, the Christian mom was like, oh, I hate that nose, tat- uh, nose piercing you have. And I was like, she's not going to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and what do you know? The mom got raptured and the daughter didn't. Oh, man. So, yeah. Well, you also noticed in the beginning of the movie, the son said something about learning something in Sunday school. You're like, yeah. well, yep, he's getting raptured because obviously he went to Sunday school. And it was the most random things. It was like he knew that the dad was going out of town to get to to London. It was like, bring me back a helmet or a sword or a pike that they put heads on. He's like, where did you learn all these things? Sunday school. And I'm like, what? Sunday school? <laughs> that that doesn't make sense. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, but there were other moments, just terrible CGI. But, I mean, it's from 2000, so maybe, maybe I'm just used to really, really good CGI. Um, and just some things that didn't quite make sense to me. It was also very predictable. I, right. I saw a lot of things coming. So Right. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my thoughts. Um, yeah is there gonna be another time where we talk about thoughts or like i I mean maybe at some point okay because i definitely got the feeling that this like if you were to take if you were to put slap a marvel logo on it you could say that this is what the world looked like after thanos snapped oh yeah yeah if you were to just take all the christian theology out of it and just be like this is what normal people experience in the world right are you saying that in a way, this movie was being prophetic about the Marvel movies to come, uh, or the Marvel movies copied. I I don't know enough about Marvel either to because I know Thanos has been around for a long time, so I don't know if the snap idea was like, <laughs> hey, which, I really which like came the, first. <laughs> which came first, Left Behind or the, the Thanos snap? snap. <laughs> the snap or the movie? Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. All right. So a fun fact that I found out, Reunion Records released Left Behind the movie soundtrack that featured songs by Michael W. Smith, Third Day, Avalon, Fred Hammond, and Kathy Tricoli. Those are names. You don't know any of those people, Britton? I don't (gasps) know one of those. I completely forgot about Avalon. I don't Uh know. Avalon's that band. Like when I hear I'm like, oh, yeah. Right. But I never really listened to them. Right. But I listened to all the other ones. So who d- who did you not... Avalon's the one you didn't recognize? Well, no. Avalon's the one I did. I just couldn't put a name to Kathy it. Kathy Tricoli. Kathy Tricoli. I, I don't know who that I is. I threw that one in there just in case my mom ever finds this podcast. Mm-hmm. Because the only reason I know of her is because of my mom. Yeah. So, yeah. Fun fact. A lot of A-list Christian singers artists were on this yeah all right well let's dive in how would you guys rank the level of acting so you can um you can you can go through your comments um but then give us give us a rating out of 10 with 10 being the best okay christian you go first give us some comments and then a ranking yeah so here's the thing and i I feel terrible saying this but we kind of did it to ourselves as christians when I know it's going to be a faith-based movie, my expectation, my ranking goes way down. Your standards go my down. My standards go yeah. way down, yeah. So for me, the acting actually was about on par with what I expected. Right. So it wasn't terrible in that regard. Um, I did not like, I wasn't a huge fan of the dialogue. I noticed I made like two or three notes about the, the plot mm-hmm. and people's emotions an example being um where the the husband pilot guy 
they land back in i think it's new york or the Sh- chicago. chicago that's one of the plot inconsistencies and right. i'm just like where in the world are they right now right right so they land back in chicago right and then kurt cameron's character is trying to catch a ride or trying to find a way to get back to new york right and the pilot dude's like no i'm sorry i got my own problems you gotta you gotta move on and then magically kurt cameron says something and the pilot's like all right you can go let's, 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 let's figure out how to get you to new york I was like, what? That took no effort Did at I all. Did I miss something? Right, yeah. And so um, the acting just felt a little rushed. And there wasn't a lot of time for, I guess, for the audience to feel with the actors and the story. Right, to move um, with them. Yeah, yeah. I think they're, the director was, or the producers or whoever were, were trying to cram a lot with the acting in one, one time. So Yeah, I have a hard time separating stuff like that from the actual acting because on one hand maybe the actors are just doing the best they can with the script and the directing Mm. but on the other hand it's like well maybe that's just the best the actors can do right (laughs) so what did you rank the acting as yeah so going back to the standards that i lowered i actually would have ranked it at about an eight out of ten eight out of ten based on my christian movies for christian movies based on because i've seen some really bad christian movies right um and this was actually about an eight okay so so where would you rank it with the normal standard with all movies you mean like with by just sec- even secular right, standards yeah oh about a four okay i don't want to give it a one or a two because it, it wasn't it's not that, that bad no it wasn't that terrible right i've seen way worse oh yeah definitely so about a four okay britain i'd probably put it at a six for Christian movies or overall? Overall. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's actually what I put too. Six out of ten. Yeah. Wow. It, it just it wasn't terrible, but mm. just some of the plot things were just really confusing. Yeah. Um. Are, are we going to talk about story at all, or no? No, you can talk about okay. that. Okay. So yeah, part of that is just the like, just. I, I guess it's not really with the acting, but more so whoever designed this to be written or whatever. Like one part was ridiculous within like three hours of the rapture happening. The military is driving around in the streets of Chicago saying, Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. The, the saying, um, uh, curfew, via- curfew violators will be shot on sight. Shot on sight. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. And I was like, Wow. That escalated real quick. I mean, is is things that bad? I guess it shows the elderly woman begging for a dollar later on, and she definitely does not look like someone who'd normally be begging. So maybe things are that bad. Um, but it's I don't know. It, it reminded me of what it could look like here in the U.S. if coronavirus got real bad. Mm. Oh dang! Mm. Yeah, imagine curfew violators will be shot on sight. Jeez, what a world! <laughs> Ugh, yeah so yeah. acting was pretty it, it wasn't awful i i had more issues of just like story and escalations just Coming ramping up real yeah. quick yeah mm-hmm. um but i can imagine that the world would change pretty pretty crazy especially here in like the u.s here in the south right um, maybe not so much in the north like where they are but where the story takes place but you know where there's just a large christian population mm-hmm. yeah that the world would probably yeah turn pretty topsy turvy mm-hmm. yeah 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 I, I i ranked it six out of ten um overall not just for christian movies because 
And it's not even that this is way better than what I've seen other Christian movies do. Um, I just, I think they did the best they could and they responded really well to each other. Um, not that they had a ton of chemistry with each other, but I think they had an appropriate amount of chemistry to make it somewhat believable. And so six out of 10 is, is what I said. Okay. So next topic or next, um, focus production quality. So rank again, same system out of, out of 10. And I guess if it, if the scores are different for Christian movies or Christian standard, Christian movie standards versus, I mean, I can adjust my standards either way. If you feel like you want to specify, then go ahead and specify and Christian, you can go first again. Yeah. Well, I want to go, I want to go ahead and just stay, state the fact that it's kind of not fair for me to rank against $200 million Hollywood films when Christian films don't really get a big budget. Right. A lot of, especially back in like the two thousands, you know, even now the church is like, how can we get quality without spending money? Well, even, even the creators I read earlier, it's promoted as the biggest and most ambitious Christian film ever made. So they're trying to do a lot. Yeah. And so maybe it had a little bit more of a budget than previous Christian movies. Yeah. But. Or even current. Since then. Since then. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, all that to say is that I, I, I don't think it's fair to, to rank them amongst Hollywood movies. But I will do both for the sake of the conversation. Um, yeah. Production. Um, that, what's, what's your rank? My rank is. Um, okay. So in, a, in the Christian sphere. For the time that it came out in, I'd rank it at about a seven. Okay. Out of ten. That's not bad. No. Just because of what they had to work with. Like I said, the Christian movies don't even now they they don't get a huge budget. Well, I take that back. After God's Not Dead, a lot of Christian they stepped up their game, their production quality, the bigger budgets. People are starting to invest in Christian movies because they see there's actually money now to be made there. Um anyway, so based on secular standards. <laughs> for that time being, I would say, you know what? I would say probably about five. All right. Because um, Independence Day. Yeah. Um, in the 90s, mind you, Left Behind came only a few years after Independence mm-hmm. Day. But even then, Independence Day had some pretty dodgy CGI going on. It oh, wasn't yeah. great, yeah. yeah. But it is it is it does kind of turn you off at, at the beginning scenes of left behind when you see those video game uh helicopters and, and airplanes, airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah. the explosions in the sky oh my gosh yeah. yeah okay that's mine yeah so for me uh as a lover of sci-fi uh i'm not going to rank this compared to other christian movies i'm going to rank this compared to sci-fi movies that i've seen oh okay um, and there's some pretty like B movie, really bad sci-fi movies. There's a lot on Netflix that I've seen. We've watched, I think I've watched a couple since we've been in quarantine. Yeah. Um, would you put rock and roll under there? Probably not. No, oh, no. Weird. Uh, there's, uh, the last one I really saw, I can't remember its full name, but doom and uh, doom something. It's, it's a new Netflix straight to Netflix doom movie mm-hmm. and it was awful. <laughs> Like I was, I, I made it about halfway and I was like, I do not want to watch this. Um, and so with this one with, so this movie sci-fi, it's a Christian sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that there I, as a lover of sci-fi and a Christian, I appreciate that there is at least an option out there. Uh, to me, it is a fiction 
uh, it's, we'll talk about it more in our reviews later, but it was praised by some people as being one of the greatest nonfiction movies out there. And I was like, mm, what? Yeah. It's, it's a very fiction. And so with that in mind, I can appreciate it. So looking at the production of when it was made versus some movies that were made this year, sci-fi movies that are really crappy. I would actually put this probably at like a seven, eight. No, that's a lie. <laughs> six. It's a six. Cause I, I just remembered what am I putting this against? And then I remembered some of my favorite sci-fi movies that mm. are, those are the tens. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, actually an eight, I'm putting it, it too close. There's definitely gotta be ambitious. more space. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll say a six again. Right. Uh, if you compare it to like, I don't know, independence day, this, yeah. this movie was probably made on the heels of independence day, trying yeah. to match it of being a sci-fi, right. But Christian the intensity. Movie. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I'd say it's pretty on par, a little below, a bit below yeah. Independence Day, but definitely the kind of audience is trying to reach. So I can appreciate it. Right. All right. Well, you guys were way nicer than I was. I gave it overall a five out of 10 for production quality. Uh, visual effects, I gave their own score, their own ranking of two out of 10. Because for me, when I watch movies, unless I'm in a just a certain frame of mind, whenever I watch movies that were made, you know, 20 years ago, I get really distracted by the crappy CGI. And so I was, I guess I wasn't prepared to watch this one because I couldn't get off. I couldn't get over just how crappy some of it was. And I was like, this is so bad. And now hearing you guys talk about it coming on in on the heels of independence day, I'm like, you know what those that has crappy, that is pretty crappy visual effects as well. So maybe I would raise the score up a little bit, but overall I would still give it, you know, maybe it's a hard six or seven. We're comparing it against modern day right. CGI. Well, or even around the time when it was made too. Yeah. Mm. But I, w- I would say at the time it wasn't, it's obviously not top of the line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move into some highlights and low lights. So give me a couple highlights, Christian. Yeah. So w- one of my highlights was looking at Britain's face. Oh yes, in the I first wrote that down too. Five minutes of the film, <laughs> mouth wide open, stroking your beard, but you're just you were hit hard. You're <laughs> we trying to figure, out figure where it the out. He had so many questions, and we were like, "Dude, just save it for the podcast." Anyway, that was one of my highlights. Um, another one of my highlights was the acting in a ironic way because i feel like i was experiencing it, this film was like the godfather of all modern christian films mm. yeah in the 2000s and i could i was kind of smirking because i was like for most christian films and i haven't well I, most i haven't really watched that much right that many christian films but from most that i've seen i can see little bits and pieces of left behind you know the cadence the pace the yeah. directing style like all those things and i was like ah oh, this is where it all comes from this is okay. where it, this yeah, is where it yeah. all began so that was kind of a highlight for me yeah britain you know i did have a lot of questions and still do um <laughs> i think a lot of it was kind of answered as we went on but definitely some of the like i, I don't know i for me, it was, I mean, the curfew violators will be shot on site. <laughs> that, that was, I was like, what? <laughs> okay. 
Um, and just some of the ridiculousness of it. Um, you know, I don't know when we're going to talk about this, but it, it kind of addresses, uh, like, a lot of people have fears of a one-world government, and I'm like, what's with all these fears? Um, and, you know, where does that all come from? And they kind of treat the, the UN as kind of the big bad guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the UN are the bad guys that's coming okay. from a political science major. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I liked the, the mystery and suspense of, you know, people uh, I liked on the plane. I was like, Oh man, I hope as, as they're on their flight, people start disappearing. And it's like, what happened? What's going on? Mm. Now they, they couldn't have walked off the plane and then it did happen. And I was like, Heck, yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> it's predictable, but it's satisfying. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, them trying to figure out what's going on there. So yeah. that's that's a pretty big highlight for me. Yeah, I agree with Christian. Watching it with you was probably a huge highlight because it just awesome. hearing your incredul- incredulous, incredulity, incredulousness. Find you were it. just incredulous. Find it. Yeah. Like, I, I loved seeing your mind blown and maybe not because you were impressed, but just the craziness of it. So it was a highlight for me. I loved the TD Jakes cameo. Um, Also, whenever he was using the force, Oh, whenever the antichrist is using the force to control people. What? (laughs) I loved that part. And then my last highlight is Kirk Cameron's hair. It's just so fabulous in this movie. (laughs) So luscious. I want to know what he uses in his oh, hair gosh. but what are your guys low lights so my biggest low light uh was the again i know they don't have a lot of, of budget but the set design was driving me crazy yeah an example being when the pilots were talking in the cockpit it did not look like a cockpit that did well not, not only did <laughs> not look like a, like a cockpit but when the stewardess came in to talk whatever you know the pilots were just turning around and talking to her and the first thing that irked me was like where are their seatbelts and then I was like, wait, these guys are just sitting in normal chairs. And then I look around and there's nothing else around them except these chairs <laughs> that's in this makeshift cockpit. I didn't even notice yeah, that. Yeah, go back yeah. and look. I was like, yeah, there's nothing. They don't have, they're <laughs> not, nobody. And the rest of the plane, like Kirk Cameron sitting in his seat, every, everybody is like up and running. And they're like, get back in your seats. And everybody gets back in their seats and puts on their masks. But nobody has seatbelts. Well, that could also just be because this was pre nine eleven. Yeah. yeah, it was pre a lot of new sure. safety regulations. Yeah, and I get that. That's why you're asking. Was this post two thousand one or? Yeah, because they were yeah. definitely like there were people running into the cockpit and the pilots yeah. running out of the cockpit yeah. and talking right. to people. I'm yeah. like, I think the pilots this had aren't to allowed have been to before nine eleven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and another low light for me was um, well, going going back to that real quick, uh, just for a couple seconds, the change from when they're in the wheat field. And then mm. somehow they end up in a military bunker in yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah. It's like, where did that bunker come from? Oh, yeah. I thought they were going to like some poor Israeli like, village, or village yeah. basement. And I was like, yeah. oh, they're going to their bomb shelter. And then the next thing you know, it's, it's like, like mission control. Yeah. yeah. And there's like all these military people everywhere. I'm like, what? Yeah. And then he walks out and it's like this small town looking yeah. Israeli village. Yeah. And then the the second low light for me was just um, how um, fast the daughter seemed to age oh, yeah. um, from the yeah. beginning of the movie to the end. I guess going through something that traumatic is gonna age you, but she, she it did up seem smoking real, <laughs> really unrealistic <laughs> with her nose ring. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think plot inconsistencies are a pretty 
I guess I'll let you talk, but plot inconsistencies are a low light for all of us. Yeah. I'd say that the movie was pretty un, like it. I was surprised by a lot of stuff, but I found the movie to be pretty predictable. Like I could see things coming. Right. Like, like you read it somewhere. You read it from something. No, you just see the, the direction it's going. You're like, yeah. well, that thing's going to explode. Like the, the story yeah. just seems so familiar. You could story you read it in a book. I, I have not read to- the books. <laughs> Are you talking about uh, the Left Behind books or Revelation, the book of the Bible? Revelation. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, that's yeah. I'm <laughs> being prophetic. So I know it seems so familiar. Yeah, I'm like there's a part where a car explodes, and I'm like, oh, that car is going to explode. You called and then, that like boom ten seconds before it happened. Well, yeah. you just get used to watching movies, and you know, okay, the camera's focusing a lot on this. Okay, mm. that person is doing that. Yeah. yeah well, the that's guy before he got in the car, he turned around and smiled, and I was like. Yep. That car's going to blow up. He's going to die. <laughs> He's going to die. die today. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then just some of the some of the things that weren't very well explained. Like, I was really confused. Are we, allowed, are we talking spoilers here? We've already spoiled a lot. Okay, cool. At the end, whenever the Antichrist goes and shoots the guys, and it's in a dark room and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and the main character, his name's Cameron, um, and it's Kirk Cameron. I thought that was funny. What? But... The main character? Uh-huh. His name is Buck. I, it's his, It says Cameron Buck uh, something, played by <laughs> Kirk Cameron. <laughs> oh, I, I, I didn't know that. that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they ever say his name, but in the review I was looking up, it said that Cameron, in parentheses, the Buck, and then the character's last name, played by Kirk Cameron. I was like, okay, interesting. So, anyways... Uh, He's sitting there and he's the only believer in the room. So I guess it, it doesn't tell you, but evidently he's the only one who can see the truth happening. Well, no, and that's when all the force stuff is going on. <laughs> yeah. But in the moment, in the moment, and then all of a sudden it switches and a bunch of other stuff happens and the lights are all on and then he's walking out and I'm like, what? That right. It just seems like y- you could have done that transition better to mm-hmm. help the audience understand it more because within about two minutes after that you realize like oh he's the only one who realizes it because he's not being deceived because he's a believer now right he got saved in the you bathroom. got that moment in the bathroom so my low lights i had several uh obviously the plot inconsistencies it was hard to keep up with just where the actors or where the characters were supposed to be like were they in new york were they in chicago Oh, Israel was pretty easy to gauge, but it was just really confusing because I feel like they did a lot of traveling and it wasn't always clarified. Oh, this is where we're going to. Or maybe it was and we just missed it. Well, how did Buck get back from, get back to the Chicago to see the family, to be like, you're the only ones I can trust. Right. And it's just like, but he had to charter a plane and pay $25,000 to charter that plane. Right. <laughs> and then, oh, I'm back in here and now I'm back in New York. And it's just like, are you paying $25,000 every time you well, switch? No, no, no. So I actually other? know the answer to that one. It's because he bought the pilot for $25,000 for 40, 48 hours. It wasn't just one flight. So he's just flying back and yeah, forth. Yeah, he's just going back and <laughs> forth. So I guess that is a way to fix that plot hole. But just plot inconsistencies in general was a low light. Just having a hard time keeping track and keeping up. One of the things I that I wrote down was unrealistic flight interactions. So that flight attendant was unrealistically helpful. Maybe it's because it was from a different time, but you don't see flight attendants going around like interacting with 
with babies and like holding their hand and then like giving people pillows unless they ask for it. Well, it's showing off that just because you're a nice person doesn't mean that you are saved. Okay, but plot aside, I thought that was really unrealistic. But again, this was pre-2001, so things were a lot more lax, I think. And how else do you show that that character is really nice? Like, she's a really nice person. Plot aside... I was not able to suspend my my belief in mm. that situation. Also, when people started disappearing and that old woman was like, hey, Kirk Cameron, have you seen my husband? Wait, what's his name? Buck. Buck. Buck, have you seen my husband? Except that she didn't know his name. Have you seen my husband? Can you go look for him? And he's like, do you, do you need some, do you need some help? Like I would, I wouldn't do that just because someone was, well, okay, maybe I would just because someone's freaking out in the seat next to me. Yeah. But I feel like, the whole scene on the airplane is pretty unrealistic. Um, also something that bothers me is the idea of people showing up in heaven naked. I hate that idea. I hate it so much. Like I get why, why? it's dramatic. It's not just dramatic. It's Adam and Eve were created naked. No, no, and no, no, they no, only no. Clothed themselves no, I get it. Sin. I get it. Why it works with the theology. Hi, Mingo. Mango is guest appearing on our podcast episode. I get why it works with the theology, but it still bothers me. I get why it's dramatic for the movie because the clothes are laid out all neatly, but it still bothers me. Yeah. So that's my, those are my low lights. All right. So moving on into more of like the more beefy content stuff. Um, was this movie biblically sound? Does it accurately portray what the, what correct theology is or correct Christian practices? Um, I don't know much about this topic, so I won't be very talkative during this time, <laughs> but all I know is that they were jumping around from all these different verses and it definitely seemed like a, like one of those trying to predict what the end of the world will look like based on all of these like scriptures put together of like, uh, they, they like first Thessalonians, Ezekiel 38, Daniel seven, like and they didn't ever give the exact verse they were just like a verse in daniel 7 says blah 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 and i was just like okay but it was just i don't know so you people who know more about this theologically take over christian would you like to take a stab at the question yeah or give your thoughts let the record show i don't have any material i don't even have a bible out in front of me so i'm just going based off of what i'm trying to remember Based on modern theologic theology, um, it's somewhat accurate. Um, actually, right now, it's kind of a trend. Not even a trend. I don't know. It's just popping back up now that whether or not the rapture is theological. Because mm-hmm. no, there is a couple of verses about being caught up in the air mm-hmm. when um, the Lord comes back and... Um, about the the rain, uh, although it doesn't mention the thousand year rain in this movie, but it talks about the seven years and all that. And so, all that being said, I don't want to say it's biblically accurate because it it is a interpretation of different verses of the end times, especially Revelation. Uh, I think he takes some out of Daniel. He takes some out of Second Thessalonians. Um, but then you adapt it into a film. And so for me, I would say, no, it's not very theologically accurate, um, as a whole. 
Mm-hmm. Let me just say that because I do agree. And I also want to give the caveat or I guess the disclaimer that when Britain said that it was not it was fiction, it's because there's a lot of stuff that's being filled in here and interpreted and a story being made into a movie based on scattered biblical verses. Mm-hmm. And well, so, yeah, historical fiction. So even if some of the verses, I mean, again, I don't know much about it, but even if some of the verses mm-hmm. or all the verses mm-hmm. are true, it's still trying to right. portray what they think the end could look like. Right. So it is, it is, that is a science fiction. Yeah. So, so yeah, I would say that it's a, uh, it's, it's not super accurate. Um, the verses they do use do actually exist, but the way they put them together, I don't think is, I mean, and also this topic, it's just hard to know. There's right. just no way to know um, whether that's, that's how it's going to be or the, the seven years, you know, even in revelation, people still talk about, I mean, it's, a, it's a thing that the revelations of John were written around the time of emperor Nero mm-hmm. um, and oppression of the Christians being killed and whatnot. And that the number six, 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 there's, um, material out there saying that that actually represented um, a code for Nero's name and in, in Christians passing around letters and stuff like that to each other. So anyway, long story short, again, I don't have my materials, but I don't think it was super accurate. Yeah, so this, this belief of um, the rapture, the seven-year period, and then whatever comes next is a theology called pre-dispensational no, dispensational premillennialism. And it's actually a relatively recent way of thinking about end times. Um, the study of end times is called eschatology. And dispensational premillennialism has only been around in America since around the Civil War. So it's it's relatively recent. Before then, it was in Europe. Um, and I think that's actually where it was created and formed and and gained traction. Um, But because of this movie, because of these books, um, it's become, I think, the most popular way of thinking about the end times, about what's going to happen when Armageddon happens, when, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm. Apocalypse. When the apocalypse happens. Uh, But here's here's a few things that I found um, for an explanation of what dispensational premillennialism is. So dispensationalists are, are convinced that God wouldn't deal with two people, the, his people and essentially Gentiles or unsaved people at the same time. So because of that, it seemed necessary for God to remove the church, remove his people before proceeding with the final plans for essentially Israel, his, his sinful his sinful people, his wayward people. And so this led to dispensationalism's most controversial and distinctive doctrine, the secret any moment pre-tribulational rapture, which is like the catching away of the church. Earlier, premillennialists believed that the rapture would occur at the end of the tribulation, at Christ's second coming. But dispensational dispensationalists separated the rapture when Christ will come for his saints from the second coming when he will come with his saints. Or another way of saying it is that dispensational premillennialism teaches that Christ will return to earth twice, once to remove believers in a secret rapture, and then to establish a millennial kingdom. 
There will be a great tribulation on the earth for seven years. The Jews will be saved. And after seven years, Christ will return with his saints to reign on the earth for 1,000 years. After the 1,000 years, Satan will be loosed and initiate a battle against Christ, but will be defeated. There will be a final judgment and believers will enter into the eternal state. So this is, well, I guess I don't know how much I need to read or reiterate what I just read through, but it is the, it is the, I think the prevailing thought or prevailing way of thinking for Christians and non-Christians alike, because, because of the influence that these books and this movie has had on our culture that, okay, you are, when Jesus decides to come back, this rapture is going to happen. And then you have seven years to essentially try and do better according to the message that this movie puts out. Cause we see several of the characters get saved and decide to become Christians and navigate the world where they're in that seven, seven year time period where the antichrist is, is gaining power and gaining rule. And so it seems like people are given a second chance after the, after the rapture. And then when Jesus comes back again, they have the chance to either go with you're right go with jesus and be with god or if they're too stuck in their ways then they stay not with god yeah Yeah. so that's what dispensational premillennialism is Mm. i when it comes to is this is this biblically sound is it is it an accurate portrayal i i agree with christian i don't think it i don't think it is the most accurate portrayal. Um, like he said, the, the Bible verses exist. And I do believe that the verses speak to maybe what we can expect in the end times when Jesus comes back. But I don't believe that it's the most, the most likely or the most possible on one hand or not on one hand, for one thing, it is a really new idea to be in the Christian church. And I am not normally a closed-minded person, but when it comes to church tradition, it's been a tradition for a long time. And so why would I think that I have a new answer to something that the early church didn't have just because I have more technology, just because I get to talk to more people or travel more places. And so I'm wary of believing anything that's that new whenever there's, whenever there's more traditionally held beliefs. But I think when we look at the scriptures, I don't think it, it points to this. I think this is, this has been a good, it's a good, a good way of thinking to, you know, incite that fear of God in your heart and make sure like, okay, you never know when the rapture is going to, going to come. You never know when Jesus is going to come back. So, you know, do what you can to make sure you're, you're good with him and you are saved and you're in relationship with him because I, we're not promised tomorrow. And so I think yep. it, it does good on that front. Um, but as far as how the end times play out, I don't, I don't think that that's what it's going to look like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it says don't, um, don't try to guess the day or anything like that. So I'm not too worried about when when the end will come more so what is my job until the end comes right um and so my job is to tell the gospel uh to tell people that jesus died on the cross for their sins and that there's a god who loves them very much so it's you know i i don't want to be like hey just so you know the rapture's coming soon and right. if you don't repent then you're gonna go through a lot you have of to bad live times through the antichrist yeah, yeah. so it's 
Yeah. You know, the, I, I think it's, it's pretty um, serendipitous that we watch this movie in the middle of a world pandemic. And the fact that I know that there's people out there right now who are asking themselves, is this how the apocalypse is, is starting? Right. Yeah. Um, because, you know, sickness and death and Seems turmoil. like everything's getting worse. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just want to say to people, you know, um, life is not a Kurt Cameron movie. And that just because bad things happen doesn't mean the world is ending and the world ends when God wants it to. Um, and we have to be okay with not knowing when that is. And so... Yeah, but but take heart, you know, like so many things have happened in the past that looking back, you could have been like, wow, that I would have believed that the world was ending then. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just where we're at right now and yeah. we'll get through it like people in the past have. So, yeah, my thing is kind of what Britain was saying is, sure, let's we can try and figure out, you know, what what the scripture means. I mean, mm. we're we're called to dive into the scripture and yeah. see what what God is saying to us through it. But my main question, especially when it comes to the end times and trying to predict is Mm. why does it matter to you? Mm. Why are you, why do you need to know? Because like what Britain was saying, if I know my job, well, first of all, if I know my position and my identity is in Christ, if I know I am his daughter, then I know I am secure in him and not because of anything that I've done, but because of Jesus and what he did for me. But I also know my job is to preach the gospel and make disciples. Mm -hmm. And I have dedicated my life, not just as a campus minister, but as a believer to do that until I die or until Jesus comes back. And so, yeah, let's, let's talk about and dream about what it would look like when Jesus comes back. But Mm -hmm. if if you are, if you're finding yourself really hung up on this, I challenge you to really look at your soul, look at your heart. Why are you so hung up on this? Why do you need to know this answer? Is it because you don't trust God? Is it because you, well, I don't know what else it could fall under, but are you, are you not putting your trust in God Mm. where, where it should be? Are you trying to maintain control where we really don't have any control? Yeah. Is this movie, classic or tragic is it a classic that everybody should see is that what you mean more so is it foundational to did it build a foundation that movies now function from or should it never have happened i'll go back to my recent statement that it's a classic for current christian movies okay for sure absolutely I agree. I mean, there's very few movies that I would say this should have never been made. This is a, <laughs> a mark against humanity. I don't know. I, I think it's I think it is a foundational for me. Again, I love uh, sci-fi. And so a Christian sci-fi mm. is pretty cool for me. I, I actually have a couple that I want to suggest that yeah. we might look into. Okay. So. I, I would agree. I think it is a classic. I think it set the bar for Christian films to come mm-hmm. that followed it. Um, and it set forth the the prevailing way of thinking about the end times, um, you know, even, even through today. Mm -hmm. Uh, so now we are going to get a church mom's approval rating. I am going to call my mom and we'll see if she answers. Hello. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Is mom there? I have a quick question for her. Yeah. Hang on. Here you go. Hello. Hey mom. 
Hey, so I need you to settle a, a debate or a bet I'm having with Christian and Britain. What are your thoughts on the Left Behind movie with Kurt Cameron? What are my thoughts on it? Yeah. What are your overall like, thoughts? That it's a fictional story based yeah. upon the book. The book Left Behind? Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you like it? Do you dislike it? Uh, yeah, I liked it. All right. If you have, if you had to rank it on a scale of one to ten, with ten being the best movie you've ever seen, what would you give it? Probably uh, four or five. All right. Cool. That was all. What in the heck are you guys doing? We're talking about what, the movie, and we wanted to know what she thought. Was, did you think? Did you guys? Were you guys opting that I wouldn't like it? Well, we had we had a bet going, so you said you'd give it a four or five out of ten. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. What was the bet? Oh, we were just. What did you say? Somewhere around there. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks. I'll call you later. <laughs> All right. Love you. Love you too. Bye. All right, so there you have it, a church mom approval rating of 4 or 5 out of 10. Oof. Oof. That's a, that is an oof on the scale. All right, so to end our movie review of Left Behind the Movie, released in the year 2000, Britton has a couple reviews of the movie that he would like to read to us. So I was trying to find, because of the movie that came out of the same name, it's basically a remake that came out in 2014, it actually made it kind of difficult to find people who had done reviews of the 2000 movie. Uh, and I was trying to find reviews from both sides of people being like, this is theologically inaccurate, blah, blah, blah. But wasn't able to find any, if at all, of those. So instead, I found two comments that I was like, okay, one of them is really funny. The other one is of concern. So the first one, I saw the film at a Bible study at church, and it was very good. A movie for everyone to see. More so for the ones who are not Christians, because they will be, in all caps, left behind. Is this the funny one or the, of the funny concern? One. Oh, goodness. That's the funny one. <laughs> yep. I love that review. You know, it would be really interesting to look up stats on if slash how many, because I'm sure there's at least one person. How many people were saved because they saw this movie or because they read the books? Yeah. Um, and then here you go. Here's the one I was like, oh, okay. All right, buddy. First of all, I want to thank you. I want to thank the Lord for this opportunity to respond. Second, much love to the Jenkins slash LaHaye, right? Yeah, those are the authors of the book series. For their gift to share with the world, their love, knowledge, and creativity for creating this awesome series of books. I overheard people talking about a book called Left Behind in the bookstore and how amazing and yet a wake-up call it was, and they were so into it. Checked the book out and got hooked. I have learned more about the Bible through these books oh. than ever before, and I come from a religious family. Oh. The movie I just recently saw had me crying like the books. It's hard to really explain the emotions that are running through my mind. And thanks to the writers, the actors, and all who took part in this, this has touched the core of my soul. This poor person has, have they, have they read the Bible on their own? Like if this was the best explanation they've received, 
Yeah, I get it. That this is of concern. Yeah, this is of concern. Yeah, <laughs> I I read it. And I was like, okay, I was searching for funny ones, and I read that. And I was like, okay, cool. That's uh, that's that's one of the ones I'm using. <laughs> I'm not speaking because I'm just shocked and kind of saddened a little bit. Yeah. So again, this this movie is a it's a fiction to some degree. You know, whether you agree with the theology or not. That you have to acknowledge this is a fiction. And they're taking creative liberties. So don't let this become your gospel truth, your religion. Yeah, well that wraps it up for <laughs> that wraps it up for our movie review of Left Behind the movie starring Kurt Cameron. Uh tune in next time for whatever movie we decide to do next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>